everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Organizational Research and Development Podcast. I'm your host and founder of the company, Philip Beeg, and I want to thank you for tuning in to our second episode, giving us a listen, and hitting play. So from our first episode, you got to know a little bit about myself, the company, the kind of work that we do, and the topics that we're going to cover here. I often think that the field of organizational development can be broken down really into three services. You have consulting, so a company that has a problem within their structure or within their people, they bring a consultant from the outside to evaluate, um, analyze, and produce actionable steps or solutions to help alleviate or assuage those problems. That's pretty much consulting in in a nutshell, right? It's coming in with your experience and expertise and your communication skills to help fix a problem. In In another aspect, you also have as a service coaching. Oftentimes people hear executive coaching or business coaching. This is those one-on-one, small group, large even, or even virtual uh, meetings that take place where people come with areas that they want to explore, they want to develop, they want to strengthen, and they bring a coach to help them guide them towards an answer or guide them through a process that allows them to achieve um, a level of their performance that, that they want to see within themselves. The last one is L&D, right? Learning and development. This is where you have your facilitators, the people that put together those four and eight hour long workshops in most cases um, with their TED Talks all lined up. But <laughs> but, but really in, rea- in reality, these are your facilitators that are providing training on soft skills, right? Or, or management skills or leadership. Um, they're bringing awareness and, and expanding their expanding a, a, an audience's knowledge on a particular subject. So these are really the three that that I break down the field of organizational development into. Again, it's consulting, coaching, and facilitation slash learning and development. One of the things that I've always found so unique about this field, and I referenced it in our first uh, in the first episode, is. At the end of the day, this this field is really about people-to-people interactions and solving those problems and looking for ways to look at an obstacle from different angles and seeing if there's not just a, a seeing if there's another way of, of moving that removing that obstacle, right? In order to do that, and this is just from my professional experience, you have to look at like people as a whole are so unique and diverse. And, and oftentimes in many in many trainings or in many um, theories, you know, we, we categorize, right? We like to box people. We like to, you know, personality tests do this, uh, thought process tests do this. All kinds of examinations can be done. But I, I look at people, especially in this field, especially when I'm working with like a, a coaching client or a company, and I look at all of the unique individual traits that people bring and, and, and their, their personalities, their experiences, how they think, how they communicate, what's their body language, and how that all um, weaves into the problem that I'm asked, to, uh, I'm asked to solve either as a consultant or as a coach to help someone kind of unlock or, or help them kind of self-discover uh, a, a solution. And where I'm going with this is that 
theories are just an essential part to this field. And I love it because a theory is essentially, to just be pretty concise about it, a theory is something that can sometimes be right and it can sometimes be wrong. It can sometimes be true. It can sometimes be false. But theories allow us the opportunity to test, work, and experiment solutions, especially within this field, that can help either an individual, a group of people, or an entire organization shift in a positive direction. And there are tons of theories that are out there. You have the emotional intelligence model from Daniel Goleman. There's the coactive coaching model for coaches. Um, there's all kinds of, of, of acronym um, models that are available for training uh, that, that are used. These, again, are all theories to help us as, as consultants, coaches, and facilitators slash trainers deliver a, a service um, to an audience that needs that, that is in need of it. So for today's episode, and <laughs> I apologize for this being a little bit long-winded, but I, I, I just get so into this feeling. I'm so excited about this episode here. Uh, I wanted to share with you one of the theories that I had been working on. And it goes into um, our performance and the potential uh, that we all have in delivering our best performance. And I've used this a little bit in the field work. I've used it in, in some qualitative observations, but I haven't formalized anything there. And one of the great things also about theories is they're, de- they're debatable. So to me, you may end up listening to this and, and you know this doesn't resonate with you at all. This may be something that completely speaks to you or it may be something that you want to debate and you want to spar with. And in that case, you know we, we really hope that you know, like we mentioned in the first episode, you engage with us, you reach out to us. We'd love to hear your thoughts. So here it goes. The theory itself, I call it the rungs of potential. And it, it's based on pretty much the, the image of a ladder, right? And, and for me, this came from doing about five years of volunteer fire, uh, fire department service in, in my community. And one of the first things that they teach you uh, as you're gaining your interior firefighting uh, certifications is they teach you how to throw up a ladder, right? Like it can be like a standard, you know, one story ladder or two or three, you know, I think there's like 36 foot ladders. And they, they really go into the training that, that I observed and I experienced, they go into such detail on how to properly set up a ladder, position it in front of a house or a building, what angles it needs to be at, you know, weight distribution. And obviously with every ladder, you have rungs that you need to climb up uh, in order to elevate, you know, uh, elevate, right? I think I think the potential in our performance can can be you know metaphorically represented in this. In in my theory here, I have I have three rungs that that a person climbs, and this can be um, tailored to an executive. This can be tailored to a manager, um, a um, team member. This can be for someone that is nine years into their work. This can be someone that's just brand new walking in um, on the on the first day. So that that these rungs are, are chronological too, and and all three of them work in a way that allows us to really understand the kind of potential we have and the performance that follows um, when they're all checked off. So the first one is a is I call it the self. It's the self rung. Um, it, this is all about what your job offers you as the person that is satisfying to you. So for example, 
one thing everyone needs to do at their job you need to get paid you need to have a paycheck coming through you need to have some type of benefits available that you have access to and you need to have some work-life balance and these are all things that are are standard right across all jobs you know especially in the corporate world you know every job has has a, a, a payment agreement you have potential benefits that are available these are all things that that tend to the person as the individual you know and and look I've surveyed I've done hundreds of surveys I've analyzed thousands more and one of the things that people always feel is you know am I getting you know should I get paid more essentially but this is really about am I just fairly compensated right the other aspect of this too of this rung is is my job does does my job ultimately meet my needs right is it is it predictable on a weekly basis do i have the resources to perform it properly do i know what i need to do right are are my responsibilities upon accepting my job or moving into it are they actually the reality of what i'm doing these are all things that influence our our individual mindset and emotional state and influence our performance right if we don't have the resources to do our job we're not going to be able to do it very well if we're if we're absent of those resources for extended periods of time our potential is going to consequently diminish right if we aren't getting paid or if our payments are our paychecks are late um, or maybe um, they've been reduced for whatever reason um, that affects ourself as well too that affects our mindset that affects our emotional engagement um, to the work that we do same thing with having a work-life balance right you want to have a job that has meaning behind it you want to have a job that that you feel appreciated and valued but also there's a there's a fine line with that and everyone's line is a little different right but you want to have a line between work and balance work and life right that balance that's where i meant to go with that there so okay that first rung there that's all about the self that's about the things that are in directly um in front of you that influence you that that affect how much of your performance you're willing to give and what your potential is it covers things um from your 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 transactionals like your your payment your benefits to you know your job responsibilities the resources that are available for you to perform the job well and all of the above the second rung is called the search and one of the things that I've, I've observed both having worked in uh, the corporate world and also having observed and, and consulted in it is when people hit a, a, a metaphorical ceiling in their professional career they they will take they will often there's always an exception to the rule but they will often look for ways they will search for ways to find more career fulfillment to find ways where they can personally or professionally uh, experience growth and when that doesn't happen we see uh, we can often see people fall into um, uh, toxic areas of content so they're they they kind of know how much uh, their current job requires of them they're gonna give the bare minimum uh, and and they're just gonna kind of collect the paycheck at the end of the day or, or kind of you know duck out early on a Friday um, but also too, what we can see is, is people get burned out right I mean when we we one of the things that 
Um, many people that I've had the opportunity to observe and work with and, and connect with, they want to see their potential. They want to see how far they can really go. They want to see how great they can actually be. And so the search is about within your role and within your company, do you feel like you're hitting that metaphorical ceiling? You should always have some space in between um, the ceiling and yourself. There should always be opportunities to find fulfillment in your career. Now, oftentimes a company uh, will, will let me know. They'll say, hey, you know, we, we want to be able to give our people more career and, and job growth opportunities, but we can't create the roles right now for whatever reason. And sometimes there's some real logical reasons behind it, right? They don't have the, the budget. Um, they really just can't generate a position just to, to acquiesce to that need. But in other cases, too, I, I think that's, that can be a relatively strong, um, uh, extreme uh, way of, of delivering on that. In some cases, you can deliver, you can provide uh, career fulfillment from two angles. One is from the company and the other is from the employee. From the company side, you can look at where your employees are. You should know what, what their career goals and aspirations are as well. And you should be able to, um, based upon performance and, and their status within the organization, find ways where they can at least you know sit in or, or shadow or um, at least lightly engage with areas that are attracting to um, someone's career. From an employee side, you know there, there really is truth behind being the CEO of your own career, right? Or, or being the CEO of your own professional development. You know, you can always look for trainings that online. You can always look for ways um, within your organization or opportunities that you want to uh, experience, and you can let your your direct reports know about it. and And you can you can work with them and discuss with them ways that that you can um, experience that career fulfillment or that professional growth. I'll give you a personal example. Years ago, I worked at a um, years ago I worked at a company. Um, that had a consulting team, and I was, I was, um, it was my first exposure to what consulting really was. And they couldn't, they couldn't fit me on the team because one, I, I didn't have the right experience, and two, the team was relatively small and just kind of starting off. But I was still really fascinated by um, consulting, and I wanted to know what they did and how they did the the, the kind of work that they did in the field. So I, I approached uh, my manager at the time and, and we talked about ways that I could um, deliver results through my performance that would um, satisfy and, and, and you know kind of as a reward or as a way of um, allowing professional growth. Um, I could sit in on some of the consulting meetings. I could shadow some calls. I could, I could oversee how they were doing some of their analysis and putting together some of their strategic recommendations. I didn't need to have a new job role uh, created for me, and I didn't need to have um, anything really extreme done. I just needed to have a little bit of professional growth, a little bit of that career fulfillment where you're getting that, you're getting that individualized attention. And so that second rung is really about always searching and having the space to search for areas to find more fulfillment within your career and experience personal or professional growth. If you're not getting that, your, your potential is going to be the same as, as what happens in the first rung if, if some of those things aren't available. I believe and, and theorize that your potential will ultimately diminish over time and that will equate to your performance either plateauing or declining. 
Now the third rung here, this is what I just call the company rung. This is, this is really where potential and performance can be unlocked from uh, resources and tools that the company has available to, to offer their employees. Now, one of the things that I'm going to talk about here is purely just the idea of why a company should exist. If you're familiar with Simon Sinek's uh, Start With Why book or his Golden Circle Theory, it's somewhat similar in that sense, but there is, and, and there is truth behind that, right? You, uh, the more I interview and the more I study employees in the workplace, the more the theme comes up of wanting to be a part of an organization that, that goes beyond just wanting to make a, a higher profit or beat their year-over-year revenue. It's, it's being a part of an organization that has a purpose. It has a higher meaning behind it. What that does to someone's potential and their performance is they become emotionally tied to the, to the, the idea of the company. They find more meaning and value and appreciation in the work that they do. And regardless of if it's a pretty redundant role, like, like a recruiting role, or something that's a little bit more unpredictable, like a management role, you have that emotional attachment, you have that emotional connection to your company that helps you to, to unlock and really kind of reach into your potential and, and deliver your best performance. It's fascinating too when, when you connect with people who are who are who believe in the mission. They're bought into the purpose of the company and they believe and understand and recognize how their work helps the company advance in its mission. So from a company perspective on that third rung, you should certainly have a purpose statement. You should certainly not just you should certainly have a mission statement. And not just a statement that you can market that looks really good on advertisements and, and websites, but something that is communicated ongoingly. It's organic. It's something that is brought up in town hall meetings. It it provides an explanation of why a company will uh, make certain decisions over the course of its time, right? So having a purpose statement, having a mission statement is one way and, and living through that and, and really demonstrating that can help with, with connecting and really coordinating how someone can deliver their best performance through the potential they bring in every day. Another area on that rung is core values. Now, one thing that you'll hear from me, uh, certainly throughout various episodes, is oftentimes a company will show me, you know, their, their values and, and sometimes it's three, sometimes it's 23, sometimes it's in between. Every company wants to be and strives to be honest, right? Integrity driven, teamwork oriented, um, helpful, right? All of these all of these values that that look good. There's nothing wrong with that, but oftentimes what we what, where we really see values shine is they shine more as a marketing piece rather than a cultural establishment piece. So as a company, one thing that, that you can do to help encourage and, and tap into the potential performance that every employee brings is make sure that your core values go beyond just marketing tools to attract new, new uh, employees or, and talent. Make sure that they're actual behaviors that the organization lives by, they operate by. It's, it's a part of their organizational culture DNA. People have values that they build over their time from 
beginning when they're a child to as they go through schooling, education, and work, they find they, they interact with experiences that guides them towards core values that they fully believe in, that make up who they are. And so because of that, they want to find companies, they want to find employers who reflect this or that they can add to and that they can, they can work with and believe in. Core values is not just something that you say that you are. It's something that you do. It's something of who you are. It represents what you are. And so as an as a employee or even as a manager and as an executive leader, you want to make sure that your values are more than just, you know, pillow talk, right? For lack of a better uh, phrase. You want to make sure that there's something that they are just like the mission statement, just like the purpose statement. They are actually authentically lived. They're demonstrated, right? They're valued. They're appreciated, and they're soloed um, when they're when they're really out in the spotlight. So, just to kind of give a quick like pull back on this uh, theory here. So, the rungs of potential theory really just targets the ways that an organization and an employee can get the best performance out of out of each other. It starts with three rungs: the self, the search, and the company. The self focuses on all things that we as individuals value and desire from our job. It goes, it comes from pay and benefits to work-life balance to um, the day-to-day and weekly responsibilities of our role, having the resources to perform it well, and obviously to having some type of, of appreciation and development within that. This obviously segues into the search, which is all about having a little extra space, metaphorically speaking, um, where you can grow, you can develop, you can find more fulfillment in your career. You don't have to be just isolated to one role. You don't have to continue to do the same role every day. You should always have, and your employer should have opportunities as well, where you can find more fulfillment in your career. You can give your, you can try your hand at other things. And then lastly, we have the company rung. This is all about how the organization sets up its culture. Does, does it have a motivational um, and, and aspirational goal that it, it stands for? Is it inspiring when it communicates, it, when, when leaders from this company communicate their purpose and their reasoning for existing or why they're making certain changes? Are there core values that are authentically lived and demonstrated, not just from the leadership team, but all throughout the organization? I believe that when these three are connected and they are working in a in a a a a aligned cadence, you'll ultimately get the best out of your employees. What does that look like? Well, as a consultant, you've probably heard uh, from a million others, right? Well, it leads to higher profitability and blah blah blah. I'm going to take it a different angle. You're going to find that your people are actually going to stay with your organization longer because they're emotionally connected to it. And because they're emotionally connected to the company and the company is also connected to its people, you're going to find that organically performance will elevate because people care. They want to see their organizations do well when their values are tied with it, when they when they believe into the mission, and they have the opportunity to really explore it and, and stretch out their legs and get some professional growth. But like I said at the beginning of this, you know, this is this is why we do this show, right? Like part of this part of this work is is about theory, right? We can sit back, we can look at how industries are changing how workplaces are changing, and we can theorize about what are ways to get the best out of people. 
So that's the rung of potential theory. Um, a little bit of it has been utilized in some of the work that we've done here at Organizational R&D. We'd love to hear your feedback, right? So if you want to, you can certainly reach out to us. We're on LinkedIn at Organizational Research and Development, LLC. You can reach out to us also on our webpage at www.organizationalrnd.com. And if you have ideas or you have topics you'd like for us to cover, we'd love to hear from you because this work is something that, that goes beyond just a daily job. This is what we do on a daily basis. We love working with companies. We help tons of them every day, being able to help coach them or consult them through issues. And sometimes you need to build out a theory to help them get to where they need to go. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this. We hope you found this very insightful, if not uh, a little bit interesting to work with. And we'll see you on the next episode.